The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's a Super Friends Sunday show on your Monday feed. We're recapping the final regular season week of the 2019 NFL season. That feels weird to say. It's almost January. The season is over. And what a thrilling conclusion to the season. Um, coming up this week, by the way, we will be um, doing, of course, a Black Monday recap show where we break down all the different um, you know, coaches who are fired. We will, uh, Tuesday, for Tuesday's show, for, for Wednesday, I guess, we'll be ranking the head coaching openings, and we'll have our daily shows up through the holiday. Feel free to download. Playoffs are here. We will talk about those as well. Playoffs? Uh, playoffs? We got to get that. I need my roadcaster, Devo, so we can start banging some um, some sound effects. Am I right, Ryan? I thought Sean did a great job. That's all we need. Just point to Sean. He can do his, his uh, impression. What? What are you making was, the face for? That was Breach. Thank, thank oh. you, Ryan. I worked hard on that impression. I wasn't looking. I looked up, and I saw Sean with an animated face. Maybe you're surprised that Breach did it, because that doesn't seem like something that Sean would do. Great job, Breach. I apologize for mischaracterizing who pulled off that great um, impersonation of uh, what's his face there. People have been mixing up Sean and I all season. Just when I thought we had moved past it and I started speaking deeper because I know Sean can't get deep because we don't need to go into why. But I thought I had done it. And here we go, Ryan. Just set us back to the Stone Age with this. Sean, care to defend the fact that Breach has accused you of not going through puberty? <laughs> and, look, and listen to that laugh. That's not his normal giggle, too. That's a deeper pitch giggle that he's trying out, this guy. See, I told you I was going deeper because Sean can't get there. Speaking of puberty, I was oh, thinking. Sorry, wait, hold on. Sorry, I speaking, wait, speaking of puberty, we, I was going to say we should grow playoff beards, but I think Sean would have had to start. Well, you should have. Yeah, you should have told me in September. Then I could have also, participated. We all already have beards. Um, we don't. The I, I was wrong. The Ooh. Black Monday recap is going to go up on Monday evening, and then we will have the coach, the opening rankings, the vacancy rankings right. up Tuesday morning. So my apologies for that. Um, it's okay. We're going to focus in this show on, oh yeah, the draft talk. We're going to have, uh, Ryan and Chris Trapasso, our boy, are going to be doing a, a special draft podcast. Maybe there might be a weekly podcast. I could use a day off every now and then. So, and if it goes well, maybe we spin it off into its own daily podcast, a daily draft pod every day. Talking prospects in June. Oh, baby. <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. We're laughing at the idea of like our boss, Eric K being like, another daily podcast. It sounds delightful. And now Ryan is wearing a Brinson socks hat. Um, anyway, we'll have podcasts all throughout the, throughout the, you know, picks podcast leading up to it. Let's, we're going to talk first. This is going to be a little different approach than we normally do. We're not going to dive into every single game, but I think we should hit Seahawks and 49ers off the top. It was a crazy ending and it determined 
uh, so much of the playoffs. For Wild Card Weekend, here is your schedule. Buffalo at Houston, 435 Eastern on Saturday, January 4th. That game will be on ESPN and also simulcast on ABC. If you feel like snipping that cord, now's a good time because you can watch all these for free. I think I might dump DirecTV this week, actually. Um, that night, Tennessee at New England, 8.15 Eastern time on CBS. You know Nance and Romo will be holding it down in Foxborough with Tracy Wilson on the sideline. And then Sunday, Minnesota at New Orleans. New Orleans a seven-point favorite in that game, 105 Eastern. That game is on Fox. And then the, the conclusion of Wild Card Week in Seattle at Philadelphia, 440 Eastern on WNBC <laughs> with Al and Chris calling it. So, Breach, how many things did the NFL screw up at the end of Seahawks? Who do you blame? Who do you blame for the Seahawks loss? My That's God, bad. where do we start? Where do we start? You know what? The officiating was bad both ways. Uh, we had that call, the roughing. Or the unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, that was bad. They pushed the, there was an unsportsmanlike conduct on a guard for the 49ers that pushed them back 15 yards, made it third and 17. They came up short, they punted, and then Seattle got to drive down. And, and, was that Seattle, not a penalty? Yeah. Well, the way it was described was that it happened like a second after the play, but it was so loud in Seattle, there's no way the guy could have heard the whistle. So he, what his block was legal, it was just that it happened one second after the play. And so I think if he hadn't stumbled and looked like he was trying to take out the guy's legs, he may not have been flagged because it looks like if you just glanced up, it looks sort of dirty. But I know what you're saying. and I don't necessarily disagree. And he couldn't hear. But the fact that he stumbled, lost his balance and sort of looked like he was trying to take out the defender's legs and the defender obviously didn't take it well. I didn't have a huge issue with that, but sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, that's OK, Ryan. It's OK. Yeah. Uh, and then the, 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 the ball back, march right. all the way down. And. There's a no call. Well, first of all, they get down to the one yard line and they're like, everybody's yelling, freaking out. They're like, Marshawn's going to come in and score a touchdown. It's going to be incredible. Russell Wilson spikes in and in well, this is a four- that's, that's, that's a mistake first. That's the first mistake. You don't talk about that. You're selling, you're selling out the most. It was a fourth and 10. Russell runs around and throws a fantastic pass to what's the guy's name? He was a rookie. His first catch of the year, Ursula out of Hawaii. Yeah, ever caught a pass all year. I thought it was yeah. Tyler Lockett in the end zone. Looked like he almost well, got in, didn't get in. Clock running. Also worth noting, the Seahawks botched that whole set because they had fourth, they had first and ten from like the twelve, uh, eleven or twelve yard line, and they took four, three shots in the end zone. Like just set yourself up for a short third or fourth down that you could easily convert when you get the first down there. They barely get the first down. Russell runs up, he clocks it. And then you can get into the details of that in a second, Sean. After they clock it, they get a delay of game penalty that pushes it back to first, second, and goal from the six. Pete Carroll's like smiling, like, hey, what are you going to do? It's like, I here's an idea. Don't do that. Don't get a delay of game penalty from the one-yard line. They cut, take a couple shots in there. Jacob Hollister gets absolutely mauled on the next-to-last play. There's no flag. No replay, no timeout for the Seahawks to try and pause it. And then on the final play, Russell Wilson completes a pass to Hollister, who tries to turn and right as he's turning to get the ball across the line. It's down short. Uh, they review it, and they say that he was short. The whole thing was just insane. So, Sean, what, what's your – you had beef with the – my – I blame the Seahawks because you got to win the game. But, like, I have a major problem that they spent the offseason and most of this year instituting – um, automatic 
pass interference, obvious pass interference, uh, replay rules. And then they didn't use it. And ironically, you know who it screwed, right? The New Orleans the, Saints. The Saints. Yeah. The Saints got screwed because they would have been the two seed and instead now they're the three seed because the 49ers are the one seed because they won the division. Your thoughts on that, Sean? Anything there? Yeah. We know the officials are bad. We talked about this. We have a section every single week about what the officials messed up in primetime. I think he tweeted they have a worse record in primetime than Kirk Cousins. Good so, uh, it's a good tweet, but we all know that. It's not a real tweeting heater this weekend. Okay. Okay. Right, Jesus Christ. Uh, I blame the Seahawks because we got to go back. You mentioned how they had first and 10 at the 12 yard line with the 55 seconds left after an incomplete pass on second and 10, they use a timeout and this comes in, this comes in key because they get down to the one yard line after a fourth and 10 conversion. And I was in the live blog and I was saying, this is actually a good thing. They didn't score in this play because they want to milk all the seconds off the clock and then score a touchdown. And they're going to have four shots from the one yard line. And they're probably going to score. Their first mistake is spiking the ball. Um, I don't know if you go quarterback sneak necessarily, because if you don't get that with 23 seconds left, then maybe you have to scramble and then spike it. And you're still wasting a play. At the very least, you throw a safe fade. If it's not on, you throw it out of bounds. You give yourself a shot on first down because you want four shots at the end zone. And then the second mistake is obviously after you spike the ball, it's inexcusable out of that play to have a delay of game, which pushes you back to the five-yard line. But real quick, Sean, the, the Seahawks did not have any timeouts when they got down to the one-yard line, just so it's clear to everyone. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if they QB sneaked it and didn't get it, they would have had to hustle the line, and then they maybe would have had one more play after that, but that would have been it. Well, I would argue that the reason they spiked the ball is because George Pant was laying in the middle of the field at the 25-yard line. They had to get him up there to spike it so they wouldn't have to, to get the, the penalty that comes with no having no timeouts than having to stop the clock for, for the guy laying in the middle of the field. So I understand why they didn't run a even a safe fade. They just wanted to get the, stop, the clock stopped. Pant sprinted up and got up to the line. But he was banged up after that. You saw him take a knee. Sure, sure. I, but I almost felt like they stopped it. They clocked it because they wanted to get Marshawn in there because they felt like if they got Marshawn – I'm serious. Like the That's whole, whole It would have been a great – Decision if you could do that in 25 seconds. But the thing is, I, I think Ryan's right because look, if Fant isn't healthy enough to play on a running play, the next play, you have to know that. So you have to stop the clock. Somebody has to ask him, are you good enough? Because this is a key play in this game. And we didn't know if you're healthy enough to be in there. If he's not, he's got to get off the field because if the clock had been running while he was injured, the Seahawks didn't have any timeouts. So it would have been a 10 second runoff. I, I would have, and I know this is like, this is what I was sort of hoping Russell would do in the moment. I mean, this is ballsy and nobody ever does this. I think a fake spike would have worked. I think a fake spike into a bootleg and he's trotting in the end zone. I mean, I also think at the very least you throw like a quick really fade. They have one receiver runner out and if it's not there, you put it in a place where only your receiver can get it. And I trust Russ to do that. He's not the kind of quarterback who makes situational mistakes. Like he's really safe with <laughs> he's the ball. He's no James like, Winston. Yeah, exactly. Russell's not, Russell's not going to throw an interception for the one yard. In the line. list of <laughs> that has never happened in the history of the NFL. In the list of like the five things that you're you're pointing to why the Seahawks lost the game, spiking the ball on first and one at the one yard line isn't isn't even on the top five. I disagree. You got to give yourself four shots. Fant was hurt. I don't understand. I'm he not... got back to the line of scrimmage. I'm not asking them to run a long developing play that involves them doing something. You throw a fade. If if it's not there, you throw it away. You waste three extra seconds. If you're if you're gonna spike, you can't. I mean, the, the delay of game spike combo is the problem. <laughs> right. You you spike the ball, you bring in Marshawn, you run from the one, game over. That's all. I mean, it's pretty simple. But they didn't. 
that's what I'm saying. It's pretty simple for most teams to be able to do 99.9% of the time. I don't think – I mean, Freddie Kitchens could do this. I, I would have preferred a sneak to a spike. As Sean, John pointed out, they were out of timeouts. If you get stopped – that's they're going to, they're going to, the clock, clock is stopping. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Brian, but you said they should spike it and then run the ball with Marshawn. What's the difference between running on Marshawn second down and running a quarterback sneak on first down? Because you There's find, no out Fant, as John pointed out, as I pointed out as well, you find out how Fant, whether he's healthy or not. If he's not, you drag him off the field and bring in a left tackle. I mean, what's, what, what are you guys matter Sneak. Look, when you sneak and Russell Burrows in there and even a They had to get Fant up. They had to get him to the line of scrimmage. Yes, he moved there quickly, but who knows if he's 100. I don't. Yeah, you could have done it, but that's not why they lost. Quarterback sneak. That's not why they lost, guys. You're smarter than that. Come on. I mean, I mean, I mean, he failed on fourth and goal, and they didn't get into the end zone. I think having one more shot at getting into the end zone probably would have helped them win the game. Yeah, and if the officials call pass interference, they would have had first, they would have a whole new set of downs, Sean. I mean, what do you want me to tell you? That's sure. not. What I mean, lost. I'm not saying the officials are absolved from blame. I'm saying that. If what the Seahawks had did in those final five, four plays, if the Browns with Kitchens had done that, if Adam Gase had done that at the Jets, um, who's another coach, and named like 10 other coaches, we would be skewering them. But, but because it's Pete Carroll, yes, he gets not a little for, bit of a pass. Spiking the ball on first down with an injured left tackle. That is so who, who would you place the blame of the delay of game on? Is that the Seahawks were getting the plan? The Seahawks were getting their personnel in too slow. Russell Wilson for not getting everyone. You know, the quarterback's got to be paying attention to the play clock. He's got to be aware of what's happening on the field. So, you know, who do you pin the blame of the delay of game on? I do the coaches because they weren't even close to getting that off. It wasn't like Russ was walking to the line of scrimmage and, like, they snapped it a split second late. Like, this wasn't even close. So I blame it on it looked like they were trying to sub and get different personnel on the field. I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, like, they're huddling. I'm watching it right now. They're huddling at, like, three seconds. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you do, but, I mean, did, Russ, somebody's got to realize what's going on. Like, it was, we were, 15 seconds, was Russ like, Where's, why is Brian not talking to me anymore? What's going on here? This is weird. I'm hearing voices and nanobubbles. Um, anyway, look, I the 49ers are a much better team in this game. And credit to them. They were – Kyle Shanahan is a freaking awesome play caller. Like, he, I mean, some of the stuff he did with Debo Samuel and George Kittle to get those guys schemed open and give Jimmy Garoppolo open looks, like this team is going to be a problem. They're the, they're the number one seed for a reason. They are an awesome team. And defensively, they looked a lot better, I thought, uh, up front than they had in the last few weeks. They've had a tough schedule. Their secondary is really banged up, though. That's going to be a problem. What are you shaking your head at, Ryan? I told you all this defense was good, and you guys were all crapping all over me last week, calling me an idiot, said I was the dumbest person you ever met. I, I got the receipts. I was right. I'm willing to take all of your apologies collectively. When I count to three, you can say it together. One, two, three. I'm not sorry. I'm not remotely sorry. Close enough, sorry. I'll take it. Didn't we all take the 49ers to win this game? You're acting like you're on an island. The Seahawks had 27 first downs and 348 yards. Well, that blows up your theory about the defense being better. Well, no, it looked better. Than it the, had first, the first half belonged to the 49ers defense. Oh, and wait, I don't know. If, I don't think we mentioned this. I'm reading the pool report from the 49ers Seahawks game. And Al Riveron said they looked at the interference on Hollister and chose not to review it. 
Which makes this even worse. How did they not see? Like, that's insane. Okay, that's all. How did they get Al River on the pool report? They contacted him in New York at the jacuzzi? Uh, He's been doing all the pool reports this year. They've been trying to, like, avoid, like, the calamity of what happens when you ask, like, an individual ref, like, what's the deal? He's like, oh, uh, yeah, sure, sounds good. Like, I don't know, man. I just didn't really see anything. (laughs) He said, quote, so we actually did perform a review, but based on what we saw, we didn't see enough to stop the game, but we did review it, unquote. That is garbage. That was clear cut. By the way, delay is trending on, on my Twitter. Yeah, look, anyway, Seahawks get delayed. Seahawks fall to the five seed. They now travel to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Uh, the Seahawks are one-point favorites. What do we see? What do we see for the uh, what are the odds, Breach? You're all over that stuff. Uh, the Eagles, it depends where you go. Eagles were one-point favorite in one place. Uh, Caesars has the Eagles as a one-point favorite. And... I'll tell you what the Westgate has in just a second. Westgate also has the Eagles as a one-point favorite. So they're a one-point favorite. Like everybody's pretty unanimous on this one. That's the only game everyone's unanimous you on. The, no, the, you said the Seahawks are one-point favorite or the Eagles? Eagles. The, Westgate has the Seahawks now as a one-point favorite. I just logged into the app. The Seahawks are minus one, and the over-under is 45 and a half. Um, so that swung two points within an hour. It opened up an hour ago with the with the Eagles favored by one and the Seahawks are now favored by one. What do we think about this game? I mean, the Seahawks beat them once in Philadelphia already. And by the way, we should, I guess we could point out that the Eagles beat the crap out of the Giants, contrary to what some gnome skulls were thinking might happen. This was actually a, I mean, we don't have to get deep into this game because it's Giants, but this was actually a close game late in the third quarter. And then, uh, Daniel Jones has one of his patented fumbles that set the Eagles up at the two yard line, and that pretty much ended it. In fact, the, I think the Eagles went up seventeen to ten, and it looked like they were about to pull away. And then Saquon Barkley rips off a huge touchdown run, uh, and then you're right, Daniel, Daniel Jones fumbles, and the Eagles... twice actually twice on that play, he fumbled twice on that play. He yeah. now has eighteen fumbles this season, which is the most since nineteen ninety. That is a lot of. That's a problem. Like people don't. People look at interceptions and they're like, oh, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Like, well, if he's fumbling 18 times, it doesn't matter. Like, he's, like, that's just as, fumbles are just as bad as interceptions. He's on the loophole. Yeah. He won't get any, uh, it sounds like, by the way, that Pat Shermer will likely be fired as Giants head coach. Dave Gettleman was heard giving reporters a, uh, a little bit of the business. He's like, we'll talk on Tuesday. As in, I ain't going anywhere. So he appears to believe he won't be fired. Um, uh, Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News reported that there are multiple head coaching candidates who will not take an interview with the Giants if Dave Gettleman is still the GM. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and then for the Eagles side, which is more important because they're in the playoffs, we'll have time to talk about the Giants. Um, they needed to beat the, the Giants or have the Cowboys lose to the Redskins. Cowboys throttled the Redskins. The game it was a little bit close. I guess it was kind of close in the third quarter as well. Like they were within seven points. Uh, but they pulled away just like the Eagles did. And um, and so now it's Philly hosting Seattle. Thoughts on uh, that game or the, uh, or the 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 upcoming preview or the upcoming uh, wild card matchup? I'll just say the upcoming wild card matchup. When these two teams played last time, that was also in Philadelphia, and the Seahawks dominated that game like as much as you can dominate a team it was 17 to 3 eagles got a trash garbage time touchdown with 20 seconds left uh to make it 17 to 9 and it was just one of those where 
you know, you can beat the New York Giants when you don't have any receivers or any functional people who can catch a football because <laughs> the Giants aren't a great team. You're not going to be able to Seahawks like that. And it's not like the Eagles are magically going to get people back between now and uh, next Sunday when they play. So I, I, I think you got to like the Seahawks here, but obviously Philadelphia somehow been able to beat the odds in every postseason. Every, there's the new Patriots. Every time you doubt them, they somehow won. Sean can sit here and tell you all about the double doink last season, how he cried for six mm-hmm. straight days and how he still has a Mitchell Trubisky tattoo on his shoulder that he refuses to get rid of until Trubisky wins a playoff game. So I don't like picking against the Eagles, but I do like the Seahawks in this just because of how much they dominated that first meeting. I do have one fun fact that Ryan will think is very on brand for me. Uh, Eagles we talk about as this terrible team actually have a better point differential than the Seattle Seahawks. So something to consider. 30 plus 31 to plus seven. You know what else? uh, Point differential, Sean. Good job. The Eagles have a 5.78% chance of Winning the conference according to Sportsline, Stephen O's numbers, and a 1.84 chance of winning the Super Bowl. Do you think the Seahawks are higher or lower? 5.8 and what's the other percent? 5.78 and 1.84. So 5.8 and 1.8. The Seahawks are lower because they're going on the road. Yeah, I would say having definitely reward the home team. It'll be a little bit higher. Sean, yes. Sure. You're all wrong. You're all idiots and you're all wrong. 5.8 and 1.9. So it's no. Wait, who's 5.8? 5.84 for the Seahawks. Seahawks are slightly higher uh, than the than the Eagles. But, I mean, that makes sense because they're favored, right? So, like, they're slightly well, not, not according to John's lines. For the Westgate, who's who we use. Okay, I, I, got a, I got a fun fact, too, while you're mincing over hundreds of decimal places. Uh, Carson Wentz is the first player in NFL history. This sort of goes to John's point about doubting Carson Wentz with no receivers. Wentz is the first player in NFL history of 4,000 passing yards on a team without a 500-yard receiver. That's pretty impressive. That pretty much sums up the Eagles' entire season. What is the status of Zach Ertz and Lane Johnson for next week? Do we know, Debo? Zach Ertz is not playing. I I, I don't know about Lane Johnson. Debo can answer that. But Ertz has the last ready kidney. Debo, let's get a Debo check-in. What, uh, Debo, are you – if you get if you lose by 100 points to the Seahawks in the wildcard weekend, are you satisfied with how the season went? Yeah, I think it's kind of crazy because this is a team that had Super Bowl expectations and were probably fourth or fifth highest Super Bowl odds, but I think they've already exceeded expectations. Even being nine and seven with the way that the injuries have transpired, like there's, there's no way this team should even be nine and seven in my opinion. Debo, let me ask you this. How happy were you when the Seahawks fell one inch short of the end zone, meaning the Eagles get to play the Seahawks instead of the 49ers in the wild card round? I've gone back and forth with it. I've argued with Prisco about it. Initially, my thought was the Seahawks, but he's big on, you know, you'd rather play Jimmy G than Russell Wilson. So I was I was back and forth on it because the 49ers are not the team that we saw in the first eight weeks of the season, but the Seahawks aren't the same team, I think, that you said that dominated the Eagles about six weeks ago. So I'd rather play the Seahawks. I'd actually prefer to be the underdog, so I like that factor if it keeps shifting that way. <laughs> um, but I don't think there was too much of a difference in my mind. Mm. I'd rather play Seattle, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. do you think the gap is that big? Mm. Better coaching for the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the part of the... I think the thing with the Seahawks, at least in this matchup, is like you can run on the Seahawks and you can like move the ball through the air. Like 
you could pass on the 49ers too, but like if you make the Eagles totally one dimensional, I don't know how good they'd be. They need that run game to work. Um, and, I don't, and like I said, they're punting on fourth and two every time. They're kicking from the yard line every time. Doug Peterson's doing the exact opposite. If it's Doug Peterson and Kyle Shanahan, they're going to do the exact same thing and go for it and fourth down every time. At least with Pete Carroll, you know you're going to get the ball a bunch because he, he ain't going for it. Um, mm. I would probably pick Seahawks here, I think. Same. That's early. I don't know, though. I mean, a lot depending, I think, on how quickly some of the Eagles can recover. They lost Miles Sanders in the game. They lost – Brandon Brooks, which is a huge loss since they already have lost Lane Johnson. It's kind of remarkable how injured this team is. They, like I said, they shouldn't be here, but how quickly some of these guys can recover. Deshaun Jackson might, you know, if it happens to be a divisional round game, reports that he could be back for that. It's glimmers of hope. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that this is a pretty big feather in Doug Peterson's cap to making the playoffs. It's huge. Like, if you took Doug Peterson and put him on the Cowboys, that team is 12 and 4 minimum. And if you I don't, put Jason Garrett on the Eagles, this team is like 4 and 12 max. I mean, I don't want to name names, but we had Eagles fans in our NFL Slack channel a couple weeks ago talking about how, like, they wished Frank Reich was the coach over Doug Peterson and they should have gotten rid of Doug and kept Frank Reich. So I agree. This is, like, huge for him because, I mean, a few weeks ago, a lot of Eagles fans were talking about how Doug is overrated and he's past his peak and that Super Bowl was like a one-time run. Ooh. They were 5-7 and because they just lost to the Dolphins. Debo was at the game. That, oh, right. not, not, Debo was not one of those people that said fire Doug Peterson, but that was the situation uh, when that conversation came up. Can I bring up about five weeks ago you guys were adamant that you would take Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz and it was a no-brainer and that Carson's contract was a huge issue in the future. Is that still the case? Uh, I would still take Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz. Are, are we talking about long term, or are we talking about like this next year in the playoff game? Now, in the future, right whenever. Now I, would take, I think Matt Ryan, but in the future, I would take Carson Wentz. Like, would you, if you were the Eagles, would you straight up swap Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan? No. That is a silly question. If you gave Carson Wentz, Julio <laughs> Jones, and whoever, he's an MVP of the league. You well, <laughs> well, you know who actually was an MVP of the league? <laughs> Carson Wentz in 2017. Oh. In my book. In my book. It's going to be John. weird seeing Carson Wentz play in January for the first time in his career. It will be nice. Well. I, I said they sacrificed. <laughs> the Eagles sacrificed. In order to get a 16-game season out of Carson Wentz, they sacrificed literally every other skill position player on their roster. You know, you know, Brenton's uh, on edge when he's lashing out at Devo. This is what happens when Phil Phil Rivers ends his career winding his way off the field one last time. Van Pelt, Scott Van Pelt is showing the audio right now. I'm like, I can hear it. I'm getting emotional too. We'll play it in a minute. But, um, the, uh, the thing with, the thing with the Eagles game, it was crazy. Like, I was watching and they'd be like, there's Wentz down the sideline, catch by, um, uh, Butler. Steve Butler. And you're like, you're like, okay, who the hell is Steve Butler? And it's like, all right, another. Oh, he's down to the one. That's, uh, Sanders. Uh, Manuel, or, or like, or like, Juan Sanders. And you're like, who the hell are these guys? Like, like, I mean, let, let's run through the list of people that, that caught passes from the Eagles because I feel like th- three quarters of them could be made up names like Jay Perkins, D. Burnett, G. Ward, R. Davis. Like, those dudes aren't real. Guess, guess R. Davis's first name. 
Robert. It actually, yeah, it actually sounds like a Madden. Raji? Robert. Raji for the Tigers? Like they, yeah, Robert Davis. They're like, there's, who's, who's Burnett? Who's Burnett? Deontay Burnett. <laughs> Get out of here. These aren't real. First career catch today. Yeah. That's two of them, too. There you go. That's good coaching. <laughs> I would I would like to while Brinson is bickering with Debo to get on Debo's good side. I do want to point out that I think me and Breach picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. Did you Breach? I picked them to win the division. That's oh, all. I picked I picked them to go to the Super and Bowl. And you picked so. against them last week against the Cowboys. And I'm picking against them this week too. Well, I mean this was preseason when I thought they would not be nine and seven sneaking into the playoffs. Yeah, congrats on your Eagles Super Bowl pick. You do this every single time. I'm sorry again that we don't make these garbage picks as bold predictions. I'm sorry I go with realistic options. I mean, what is different about the Vikings and Steelers versus the Chiefs and Eagles? That's fine. I'm not, but I'm not mocking you for. Oh, congrats on picking the Vikings. You just called it a garbage prediction. No, I'm saying what you do is you get you mock people for making obvious picks because you like to go out of the box usually. Like your Garrett I mean, Bradbury you, pick. You're like, oh, congrats. Oh. You picked Kyler Murray to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yes. Yeah, I'm saying like yes, you, I, 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 you did the exact – you picked the exact same matchup as like 75% of the media. I mean like I'm sorry that – And that makes it a bad pick? I'm sorry that you're a little like freak, like going bald, a lemming who's going bald. Whoa. You well, know Princeton what? Is, I, you know Princeton is triggered when he's doing this. <laughs> I will say though in not Sean's defense is that if you make an obvious pick – and then, you know, like if the Chiefs and the Eagles both get eliminated this week, the Chiefs can't because they have a bye. But then it looks bad when you make an obvious pick that doesn't pan out, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah. That's true. Like Prisco's like, Prisco picks the Packers and the Patriots every year. It's like, well, wow. sometimes he picks the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. He did pick the Jaguars. Anyway, um, and then the Patriots won. And <laughs> if you want to rip Brenton for something, Sean, rip him for copying on my Viking Super Bowl pick. No, you're just trying to get me on your side. You were making me fun of me for not going through puberty. Why would I side with you? That doesn't mean you still can't. If you are the lesser of two evils, I will give you that. <laughs> John, I, you know, we'll go through puberty one day. I mean, like, look, as long, I don't care if my picks are wrong or seem outlandish. As long as clearly, thought, clearly, you don't care about that. <laughs> no, like, as, long as, the, as long as the thought process behind them is is sound, then I'm fine. If they like, what is the thought process behind Garrett Bradbury winning <laughs> offensive rookie? Of the this I have to hear. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I, was just, I was just being ridiculous. Okay. Thank uh, you. The, uh, I would say this though, that like, um, like my Viking Steelers pick was not, like, I don't, well, that's I, fine. fine pick. Yeah. No one's mocking you for that pick. Okay. Well, the offensive review is dumb. All right. Let's, um, all right. Here Cowboys. Getting somewhere. Cowboys. Breakthrough. Cowboys will not be playing in the playoffs. They were eliminated. People were emotional. Jerry Jones said he's not going to make any changes right now. He basically said he's going to wait until like Wednesday to fire Jason. You Curry. shouldn't be asking about information. You should ask about shareable information. Yeah, he said share it. He said that. Yeah, he said that with uh with Patrick Walker standing right behind him. The That's funny right. thing here is that like there's nothing to fire. Jason Garrett literally is not the Cowboys coach right now. His contract expired. There's nothing to do. All Jerry Jones has to say is uh there's no deal. Do- no, there is no new deal. We are hiring someone else. The Cowboys are coachless right now. That's it. There's no hiring. Well, they've been firing. coachless for a few years, so. That's true, Sean. That is a very fair point. But so I don't know why Jerry Jones is milking this out. You can just say, yeah, Jason's not going to be back next year because we're not going to let him uh, crash this car, this Ferrari that we've had for the past two years. Did you guys see the clip of Jerry Jones watching the Eagles touchdown? I saw it live, and um, he didn't seem happy about it. 
He's just up in his luxury box. There's like, well, there's like an infomercial with like, where it's the guy, it's uh, Terry Bradshaw like dancing in his boxers. And then he's just watching the Eagles score a touchdown, just turned grumpily back around. Very sad. Did we know that he actually wasn't watching Terry Bradshaw dance in his boxers? He didn't know the other game was even on. Might have been. Uh, I made, I made changes. I can see myself making a lot of changes in a lot of areas. The times call for that. I am about change, Jerry said, um, after the game. It, look, he just, he refused it. He said he opened up his monologue by saying he refused to answer any questions um, about Jason Garrett. But I think the reality is Jason Garrett, as Breach points out, contract is up. He's probably going to get fired. So more importantly, let's look at um, I've, like so. Nui Scruggs, who I don't I don't follow on Twitter, but like is a Dallas sports writer, sportscaster. I thought you had an interesting tweet. He's like, you know, the Cowboys portrayed this style of play that got them. And I think it was from um, Rick Goslin. Uh, he's formerly the Dallas Morning News, awesome writer, legendary football guy. But he, um, they're basically saying like the Cowboys betrayed what what made them good and decided to become a pass first team. And then if you look at the top five teams in terms of passing yards this year, or top six teams, like only one of them is in the playoffs, or like none of the top five are in the playoffs. Look, the Cowboys are not didn't miss the playoffs because they didn't run the ball. Cowboys missed the playoffs because they're poorly coached, right? Also, I mean. That stat itself is very flawed because if you are winning games, you tend to run the ball more at the end of games to kill the clock. And if you are losing games, like, for example, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead the league in passing yards per game because they turn the ball over a ton and they're in these shootouts and they lose a lot and they're trailing, so they throw the ball a ton. Right. The Ravens, the Ravens were the most efficient passing offense. Like, five of the six top efficiency offenses in terms of passing made the playoffs. The only one who didn't was the Cowboys. I mean, like they, they were just a poorly coached team and they, um, and that's why they're going to fire Jason Garrett. Is this? They're not going to fire him. They're going to let him walk away. They will not renew his contract. Walk we, away. He's not walking walk away. away. He's outside the, uh, outside the facility, probably from now until perpetuity, but they will not resign. Uh, will also be changes in Washington as well. I mean, anything you want to talk about with Dallas and Washington. I will say this uh, about uh, Dallas quickly, and, and uh, m- mostly a uh, sort of a blanket statement about teams that had nothing to play for this week. Nothing, few things anger me more than watching teams with nothing to play for that love to go for it in fourth and four situations right. in the middle of the field when nothing's on the line. They have success doing it, but under no circumstances would they say to themselves, oh, maybe I should try to coach this way, get more possessions out of the game, and not lose stupid games I shouldn't lose. So that's one of the week 17 things you can start looking forward to every that's year. A, that's a great point. Like the three biggest, uh, the three guiltiest parties of that, Jason Garrett, yep. Anthony Lynn, and Bill O'Brien. Yes, they were playing. I was yelling. I was I was freaking out because I had to under that game and ended up going over it. Anthony Lynn's just like, he's like fourth and one in his own 11. He's just like, F it, I'm going. It's like, what? You wouldn't do this? Like if you were playing for the playoffs, you'd be punting or like he's down 10 points and he's going for it on like the one yard line. It's like, you're 100% kicking here if this is to get in the playoffs. Why are you doing this? And, and Jason Garrett was the same way. Like it's hilarious to see that Jason Garrett coached the way in his final game, he coached the way that he should have been coaching all along uh, just because he had nothing really to lose. And with the Cowboys finishing eight and eight, that is Jason Garrett's fourth eight and eight season. The second most of any coach in NFL history behind Jeff Fisher, Fisher oh. who had five. So Garrett just needs one more eight and eight season. Hey, uh, would any of you want Jeff Fisher in Cleveland? No. No. I think I've seen enough of Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Same <laughs> goes for John Fox, by the way. What if Jeff Fisher shaved his mustache? Would that change your opinion? No. Okay. 
By the way, Jason Garrett went out. I mean, like, it's worth noting that Jason Garrett's probably a pretty, like, really nice guy and, like, a good person. He went out on the field. I mean, I just feel like, I feel like he's been, I feel like we probably unnecessarily bashed Jason Garrett, but he went out on the field with his family, um, and, like, a bunch of friends in his suit, and he's just playing, playing the game of pickup and taking selfies on the star with, like, all his family and friends after a, a little game of throwing the football around. People are running routes, hugging family members on the field. Um, you could tell it was like he, he knew it was his last time there. Um, I don't think we've been hard on Jason Garrett, the football coach. I, I agree with you. He's probably a fantastic person, probably a great father and husband, but that has nothing to do with his day job. Like Sean's probably a great son, but, you know, we can make fun of him for doing stupid things at work. That doesn't preclude him from Yeah, yeah I, just, I just mean, like, with Jason Garrett in particular, this has been going on for so long that, like, at this point, we're just like, this guy's a coward, you know? And it's like, uh, sometimes you feel bad when guys are losing their jobs. Not okay. you, Ryan. You're burying old. There are, there are people who are worse off than Jason Garrett, so. Yeah. He'll, he'll get a job somewhere. Yeah, he, he's just wrapping up a five-year. He made $30 million in his last contract, so I think he, he might be okay. He will probably be fine. Uh, the Redskins already fired their coach, Bill Cal- but Bill Callahan um, expected not to be retained as the, the future head coach. Believe that Ron Rivera could be hired as soon as Monday in Washington um, and that Bruce Allen will be moved out of the uh, football czar role and into more of a stadium operations role. In other words, he's going to be the guy designed, in charge of trying to weasel taxpayers out of their money to get a new stadium deal in D.C. And Redskins fans will tell you he hasn't done a good job with that either. They were supposed to have some movement on a stadium deal the last few years, and that has gone nowhere. I mean, Bruce Allen's been one of the worst hires in in football. In the- I saw a report that he might end up with the Rams. Because <laughs> when he was in Tampa Bay, when he was the GM or the, the president there, whatever his role was. John Gruden. John Gruden. That's where Sean McVay got his first start. Yep. So there are connections there. Uh, Les Snead maybe may be a connection. I'm not 100%, 100% certain, certain on that. But, um, you know, he may land on his feet even if he is out in Washington. Some Redskins fans, again, are concerned that – Bruce Arians just moving out of football operations isn't enough. Because remember, Scott McLuhan was hired as general manager four or five or six years ago. Did a really good job in terms of player personnel. And Bruce Allen was reportedly the reason he got pushed out of that job, even though he had done nothing to, to really warrant it. So uh, it'll be interesting. But I would think, and then you mentioned this, I think you mentioned this either on this podcast or the previous podcast with Freddie Kitchens, Brenton. But you have to give Ron Rivera some assurances about what the front office is going to look like before he's taking that job on Monday, I would imagine. Yeah, and I mean, it's, I mean, we, we'll find out more when this sort of unfolds and we'll have, of course, this is the recap on Monday afternoon, but like, and I wouldn't expect him to be hired by Monday. If, if Ron Rivera is hired by the Redskins by Monday afternoon, that would be a shock to me. I, I, look, if they move on from Bruce Allen, that's a big plus. Um, and if they keep Bruce Allen, there's no way they'll get a viable head coaching candidate. They just won't. As long as he's the GM or whatever he is, they will not get. Um, a viable head coaching candidate. So they're expecting. Would you rather have uh, Ron Rivera, which he appears to be the front runner? But a name that was mentioned earlier over the weekend that I didn't hate was Marvin Lewis. Uh, Ron Rivera by a substantial margin. Marvin Lewis, and certainly Breach can talk to this more, better than I can, took a terrible Bengals team in 2003, I think was his first year. And how many years in, in a row did they go to the playoffs? Four or five? Five. That's huge. And by the way, with no budget, they didn't have the same scouting department as everyone else. They didn't have the same workout facilities as everyone else. Marvin had to deal with all that and, and made it work. Yeah, I 
I think Marvin's a good coach. I Marvin's underrated. I mean, like what he, about Cleveland for him? What about what? The Browns. Ooh. He can handle dealing with knuckleheads. He can bring back Hugh too. Ooh. Yeah, it might be a little too close to home. All right, let's yeah. move on. Cowboys forty-seven, Redskins sixteen. By the way, uh, they finished the uh, the season with a hundred and thirteen plus hundred thirteen point differential. They joined the nineteen eighty-nine Bengals, featuring Boomer as the only what team with plus one hundred. Teams in NFL history have a point differential that high without a winning record. Yeah, you want to know a fun fact about that team? That was the year I found out. Oh, we we definitely have like kids who listen to this podcast. What's doing? <laughs> what can we blurp that out, Devo? Yeah, blurp blurp it out, Devo. It, it's like that. Uh, this is oh, blur- political. Uh, it's like the. Have you guys seen that Trump call when he's on the phone with like that six-year-old? And I'm not getting political. I'm like, he, he's and he goes, hey, "You're probably too old." Uh, that's circumstantial, right? That's kind of <laughs> like right, what Breach so just did. Just bleep the whole thing out. See, it'd be better if like you hear like. Breach would be like, I found out that beep. <laughs> like, what did Breach find out? We need to know. Um, Michael Gallup, by the way, uh, I saw somebody float this, and maybe it was Ross Tucker, but Michael Gallup might convince the Cowboys to let Amari Cooper walk. Dak should get a franchise tag. Dak got really emotional in his postgame press conference. Uh, most games with 300 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, zero interception in Cowboys history. Dak has three now, including – Tied with Tony Romo. Um, again, we'll have much more about the DC head coaching positions. Let's take a uh, quick break. Nope, we're not going to take a quick break. What are we doing, Diva? Why are you shaking your head at me? Let's talk about the Saints and the Packers and there the rest of the NFC playoff picture. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the wall here. Um, <laughs> Packers beat the Lions 23 to 20 and the Saints beat the Panthers 42 to 10. 42 to 10 does not describe how not close that game was. Um, Packers clinched a first round bye with their win. Uh, they could not have fallen lower than two because they had the conference games tiebreaker over the, the Saints. Um, Devontae Adams had a great game. Aaron Rodgers, Sean, looked like crap in this game. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, I mean, I've been saying it for the last few weeks and, other smarter people on Twitter have been saying it for the last year or so. Uh, I don't want to say this is the worst 13 and three team ever because I don't remember all the 13 and three teams, but I can't believe this team is 13 and three. I mean, they should have lost this game if they're not playing against David Blau, who threw an awful interception in a tie game that kind of set up the Packers late there. Uh, uh, let me I- ask you quickly if, if the uh, Patriots had won to get to 13 and three and also have a first run by, which team is the worst yeah. 13 and three team? I think the I think the Packers are worse because at least you can look at the Patriots and say they have an elite defense. And no, you don't think they have an elite defense? They just got diced no. up for 320 yards by Ryan Fitzpatrick. An elite defense does not I, get tortured by Ryan Fitzpatrick, Sean. I didn't say they they are a perfect defense, but they're you said North, elite and automatically. Wait, you, wait, 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 wait. Ryan and Breach don't think the Patriots have an elite defense. Not just based clear. on Week 17 and. Brinson's guy, Devontae Parker, demoralized. Well, he's the best, he's the best receiver in the football. So, I mean, that happens. (laughs) Uh, I I wanted to see what you thought was the worst. No, I mean, I I think it's hilarious that they have a first round bye 
and the Saints don't because I don't think these two teams are in the same tier. I really don't. And uh, the thing is, though, because I don't want to make myself sound stupid. You know yes, what I'm up? That number five? Do you know what that is? It's a, it's a number. Finishing the NFL in receiving yards this year. Fifth. Fifth. What did Sammy, what did Sammy Watkins finish? Not fifth. Well, you're going to have to scroll down there. He's not on the page, pal. Sean just said he doesn't want to make himself feel stupid. Before he could finish, Brinson interrupted. We, we all wanted to hear what he had to say. Oh, I was going to say, like, because I'm calling them not a good team. The thing is, because they have the first round by and they get a play at home, it won't surprise me if they're playing in the NFC Championship game or even go to the Super Bowl. They're going to have to play the Saints in all likelihood. I mean, in, in Green Bay, in possible snow. I was actually kind of rooting for them to get home field because I want as many snow playoff games as possible just because I like that. But, uh, no, I mean, this team can go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're that good, but all they have to do now is win one game at home and then go to San Francisco and win. And if San Francisco lost, doesn't they lose. lost 37-8. <laughs> yes, Again, correct. I don't think the Fackers are good. I was just trying to avoid I, I, the, I, like, I, I guaranteed thing. I wouldn't rule out the the notion that Aaron Rodgers could just flick a switch and go nuclear here. I mean, like, he, I think he's past his prime. But you, you're telling me he just can't get white hot for three games? Let me ask you this, though. Can Tom Brady do that in this, this season? Yeah. I feel like he can. He could do it like he did last year where they run the ball a bunch. He makes a couple of huge throws. He's not going to, like, That's carry the team. All right. All right. Maybe I, this is like a separate podcast, this question I'm about to ask. But there are 12 playoff teams. Where do you rank Aaron Rodgers out of the 12 quarterbacks? I'm actually writing this article for later this week. I, I would need to see a list of them before I can make sure. I mean, I rank him ahead of Josh Allen. I would rank him ahead of Tom Brady. Kirk Cousins? Uh, I don't know. Sean just said last week that Kirk Cousins no, is better I would, I would rank Just right for the playoffs. Not I'm, for like, I'm going to rank Kirk Cousins ahead of Aaron Rodgers when I do Carson this. Carson Sean Watson? I would rank Rodgers ahead of Carson Wentz. Ryan Tannehill? No. not I mean, no. Not even close. That's not even consideration. Yeah, Tannehill's way better than Rodgers. So, so Rodgers is like the third worst quarterback in the playoffs. No, I think he's and Brady is like the second worst, and then you have Josh Allen. At... <laughs> it's gonna be Brady Rodgers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> wait, Maybe. wait a second. You would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Aaron Rodgers? Right now, yeah, I'm not. Like, yeah, right now for this playoff <laughs> run, yes. And also, I mean, like, I mean, part of that is also the offense, and um, I acknowledge that, like. Garoppolo has an inherent advantage. But the other thing I want to point out is that it's not like Rodgers. The difference between Brinson asked, do you think, or maybe Ryan asked, do you think Brady can get white hot the way Rodgers can get hot? The thing with Rodgers is that I think he just has a much better supporting staff. It, that offensive line is really good. Uh, it's been one of the best pass blocking units all year. And that's one of the reasons that's so mystifying about why Rodgers has been so bad is because he's getting really good protection. He's just missing downfield against the Lions. He must have missed six or seven passes downfield. I actually think I wrote down the, the stats. It feels uh, like he doesn't three of trust seven, He was three of 17 on passes 20 yards downfield. I mean, A, why are you attempting 17 passes uh, 20 yards downfield? Uh, and B, that's just horrendous accuracy. And there were a lot of open passes. So, Yes, I would rank Rodgers very low. By the way, the Packers are 13th in pass protection, according to Football Outsiders. That's sandwiched between the Browns and the Eagles, so I wouldn't say they're setting the world on fire. But to your point, that doesn't explain all of the mistakes Aaron Rodgers seems to make week in and week out. Rodgers almost threw this bye away. He threw an interception. The game was tied 20-20, to and with under two minutes left, Rodgers threw an interception. And if the Lions didn't have David Blau and had anyone else at quarterback – 
They could have driven down, got a field goal, and won the game. But nope, they went three and out, and then the Packers got the ball back in regulation and kicked the field goal. So terrible interception too, woefully underthrown to Kumaro, I believe. Let me ask you this: What do you think the Super Bowl odds are for the Saints and the Packers? So well, you mentioned uh, one between one and two percent for the. No, no, not, not Stephen O's percents. I don't know about at the Westgate. What do you think the odds are that you could bet on? Ooh, for the Saints, I'm going to say fifteen to one. Okay. What about the Packers? Uh, they're going to be lower, but I would put them at like twenty to one. Okay. No, they have a first round buy though, so it's going to be higher. Oh, and a home and a home playoff game. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Do you think? I, I would say twelve or fifteen to one for who? For the Packers, and the Saints okay. are probably higher because they're a better team, so maybe ten to one. Yeah, I like Breach's numbers. Did you realize that the Saints have to play three times? I realize that, but they're clearly if they played on a neutral field, the Saints would be favored a hundred percent. So yeah. I would figure their Super Bowl odds would be better. Saints are five to one. Yeah. That's crazy for a wild card team. <laughs> and the Packers, twelve to one. Wow, that, that is. is horribly out of whack. And, like, I agree that the Saints are even – Pete Briscoe was trying to tell me on HQ, he's like, the, he's like just because the Packers are losing to the Lions, that doesn't matter to – And he just started, like, stammering because I was reading his tweets from Monday. I was like, oh, Packers are best team in NFC. He got really pissed. Um, but, like, the Saints, I, Saints are just a better team. But he did play an extra game. I do want to push back on one quick thing. Uh, Ryan mentioned the 13th Packers offensive line pass protection. Uh, that's that's one metric that I don't want to dump on football outsiders, which I rely on pretty heavily. But ESPN has pass block win rate. The Packers are first in that. And Rodgers holds the ball the fourth longest in all of football. So I think there's a little pushback on how good they actually are. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Stephen O, sports line numbers say that uh, the Packers are 17.3% chance to win the conference. Saints are 17.6. Then the Super Bowl, the Packers are 5.9, and the Saints are 7, almost 8%, which is interesting. I guess the Saints would just match up better against whoever they had to play in the Super Bowl in theory. Um, not a whole lot to talk about with the Saints game against the Panthers. Uh, Will Greer did not have a good game. He quit halfway through. He got hurt, but it was probably – He got hurt, and he was yeah, one of eight was for three yards and an interception. It wasn't a great interception. No, it wasn't. Um, all the Panthers fans who've been barking about why, why, where, play well, where? Let's say well, where? Well, that's why they haven't been playing. You well know where. what they say now, though? There, there's always an answer. Well, now we know. At least we know. Yeah. We wouldn't have known. Kyle <laughs> Allen, 25 of 41. Uh, Christian McCaffrey caught seven balls for 72 yards. They basically kept him in there to get him the thousand, thousand thing. I mean, he joins that along with Marshall Falk. And one other person who was it? It was from like the seventies. Marcus Allen? No. No. I should I know this. I wrote like a million David Johnson articles because he kept saying he wanted to do it. But it was I was surprised because it was back during an era of when they ran the ball a lot. Oh no! It was Roger, Roger Craig. Roger Craig. Yeah. Yes. The eighties. That's who I was thinking of. Not Marcus Allen. Yeah. Sure. It's two people with double first names. It's easy to confuse. Yeah, Sean yeah. Breach. That's not two first names, Ryan, but yours is Will. Ryan Wilson. Yes, all those running backs look alike to you. All right, Whoa, you took that somewhere, Brinson. 
you took it somewhere else you wanted. Um, and then, look, the Saints dominate them. I think that's the thing with the Saints that makes me, and this is why they're five to one. Their offense is peaking at the right time. Now, will that matter? That I mean, you know, they got a they're hosting the Vikings. They're seven point playoff favorites. The Vikings, by the way, uh, lost to the Bears. They didn't. They played Sean Mannion the entire time. They didn't care. Mike Boone. Had a total FU fantasy game where he blew up in week 17 after laying a total turd in week 16. Um, what do you think about the Vikings and Saints game in which the Saints are seven point favorites now? I like the Saints to, to cover. I mean, it's the rematch of the Minneapolis miracle, but in New Orleans. So I think that's where it ends. The only thing that could stop the Saints are the officials. So let's just hope there's no idiotic. Late game. This game nope. could be a shootout. Yeah, it's not in prime time, so Kirk Cousins at least has a chance to be good. But if Garrett Bradbury plays like we've seen him play all year, where he gets a zero point zero blocking grade from PFF, yeah, I'm glad you've been it. watching the film, just just blindly reading PFF numbers to try to assault. <laughs> How well, many people I, tagged you on that tweet, Princeton? <laughs> thousands. But it, whether if Garrett Bradbury plays a great game, if Kirk Cousins gets pressured. And we saw this the other night uh, on national television. He's not one to be able to evade pressure and make plays. So the uh, the the Saints defense is pretty good, especially up front. And I, I feel like it's it's a long haul. I don't know if it's going to be a shootout. Is my point. Is the Saints defense good up front? I mean, Cameron Jordan's awesome, but they're pretty banged up. Yeah, Marcus Davenport's hurt, but yeah, Cam Jordan's. Uh, Marcus Davenport's out. Yeah, so I said banged up. Not hurt, not playing. Correct. Out for the season. I don't know if he's banged up. <laughs> like the right word, but anyway. He is out um, because he is banged up. How's that? I th- I think this game will be a high scoring affair. I would like I would lean towards. So, the- what is it? Forty eight? Is that the over under? Uh, it is. I bet it is. I'm good at this. She's your great. <laughs> Watch. Forty six and a half. And Boom. the Saints Ooh. are already up to eight. Told you. I think I like the Vikings to cover. Yeah. I think the Saints will win, but. That's a lot of points, but man, it is odd that it's already flown up an extra point from seventy to seven. The Vikings are pretty much, as you mentioned, Britson, they're coming off a bye. They're going to be more well rested as well. Yeah, I mean the Saints got the Saints got Teddy Bridgewater in there at some point too. Um, eight point eight isn't a lot of points, by the way. Not in this game. Eight's a lot of points. Not by not by wins over Wilson. Thank you. Okay. Um, what was I do think that the Saints win, though. I think, like, I, all of us talking to the 2019 against the spread CBS Sports champion. So why don't you let me tell you what's enough points? Who came in second? I thought Dubin tied you. That was straight up. What was you nuts? Oh, that was straight up. Sorry. Uh, I believe Dubin came in second. Well, if, and, if people just want to know who's going to win the game straight up, they should ask me as the regular season straight up champion. What? They but could do that, that, but I'm sure they're probably more interested to know that. <laughs> As I claimed three weeks ago, I said, Ryan, listen, here's the deal. I'm going to walk you down. You're not going to be able to do anything about it. You're going to be like a, a little, like a, a legless, little sad man sw- treading, trying to tread water. And I'm a great white shark. Uh, Boom! Coming you know, out. That's like, you're like the, the, the teenager that comes sashaying into the old folks home and finds a, an old timer half asleep in a wheelchair. Listen, old man, I'm going to beat you in a foot race whether you want me to or not. Get ready. Oh my God. Imagine Brinson in the retirement home. He's going to be unbearable. First of all, you had a huge lead on me. I beat you by four games. <laughs> Where did I, I finish? 15 1 straight up this week. Wow! You just said straight up doesn't matter. When Breach was bragging about him finishing first. I didn't care about straight up until you started talking about how you were going to catch Breach. I said, I'm going to walk you down. And no. I did. 
Jeez. You weren't even in the conversation. It was the A-B conversation. 15-1, and one, Breach. What do you think? Uh, I was just going to say that teams that are favored by eight or more are 9-1 and one straight up in their last 10 playoff games. <laughs> who, who Do you know who lost? I do know who lost. Was it the Saints against – wait, how many matchups? Dating back to when? Would it be the Saints in Seattle? It would not be the Saints in Seattle. It would be the Chiefs losing to Marcus Mariota, throwing a touchdown pass to himself. Uh, Matt Nagy peed himself down the leg in that game. Oh, that's right. That was the, uh, so that's the only heavy favorite to lose in wildcard weekend is what you're saying? No, I'm saying teams favored by eight or more the last ten times it's happened. Um, teams favored by eight or more. Ooh, boy. So I did since 2015. If you look at the teams that are favored by, uh, six and a half or more points, they are five, two and five against the spread. So we're not looking at a lot. It's, it's basically, it's pretty hard to cover a touchdown spread in a wild card playoff game. So I would tell you to take the Vikings here and the over, but what do I know? Just the champion. Um, okay. You're the regular season. That six and a half changes a lot too, because the straight up record falls from nine and one to six and four. Spicy. Yeah, because you had the Eagles who uh, beat the Bears on the double doink. Of course, you had the uh, the the Falcons who beat the Rams. McVay's rookie year. Yeah, and then the uh, Chargers beat the. Uh, no, it was three points. Anyway, you get the point. Jacksonville um, over the Steelers. In the wild card, was that 2014? No, that was the year before when they went on to play the Patriots in the title game two years ago. Uh, didn't show up on uh, PFR. Weird. Uh, Ryan anyway. remembers that game I, I, very well. Yes, Blake Bortles didn't play terribly. Yes. Um, Leonard Fournette played great. Okay, so that's it for the NFC, right? Any other thoughts on the NFC playoff race? No. I have a thought on the NFC. It's not the playoff race. No, we have to mention Jameis Winston, what he did. Ah, it's a great call. Well, we're not, I don't think we're done with all the games. We're going to whip through. Oh, well, you said NFC. So we can hit it later. I said NFC playoff race. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll do the AFC playoff race. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, 
technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's not technically the playoff race. It's actually the AFC playoffs. Because we don't want to get bogged down with Jameis Winston stuff in the middle of the show, like an hour in. We'll do that in an hour and a half. In the AFC, we sort of knew what was going down. But we had the Ravens, the one seed, the Chiefs. Here's the thing that happened on Sunday in week 17 that was insane. And, like, really, you should have known that stuff was going to get nuts. In the early slate of games, the Chiefs beat the Chargers. Even the Chargers had a real try-hard effort by Nancy Land, who we pointed out was just going for every fourth down possible. <laughs> but the the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins went to Foxborough, 16-point underdogs, and beat the Patriots outright on their home turf. Ryan and the Steelers didn't make the playoffs. Was this close enough to, to make you feel happy about things and stuff in your life? No, I wasn't upset about the Steelers. I've, I've been that way. I no, mean, this, I mean, the Patriots. Were you happy about the Patriots losing the Dolphins? I, it was fun to watch because I, um, I think I felt good about Brian Flores. Early on, we were sort of trying to figure out what he was going to do because they were trading away everyone. Um, the compensation at the time was suspect. They said, okay, we'll um, try Josh Rosen, and that worked for like 45 minutes. And so why are they bringing back Ryan Fitzpatrick? This is why you bring back Ryan Fitzpatrick, to stick it to the Patriots in Week 17 – it sort of goes along with my theory of Bill Belichick letting former assistants win football games, but it doesn't work in Week 17 when if you win that game as the Patriots, you get a first-round bye. They haven't had a first-round bye since – or the last time they haven't had a first-round bye, the Patriots was the 29, uh, 2009 season, and that year they lost in the wild-card round at home to the Ravens 33-14. to And um, I feel like they're in line for another first-round beat, and we talked about this on the YouTube exclusive they're facing the Titans. Uh, when we did the show Sunday evening, it was minus four and a half. I don't know what it's at as we do it now four, four hours later. Patriots but, minus five and a half. All over the Titans. Um, yeah, and John talked about this earlier. The, the Patriots defense didn't look good. The Patriots offense hasn't looked good all year. If you shut down Julian Edelman, I don't know what you have in, in terms of uh, offensive flexibility if you're Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels. And – I don't have a lot of faith in this team. We talked about also uh, a few moments ago. I feel like Aaron Rodgers gets red hot. Yeah, I can see that. Tom Brady ain't getting red hot. No time soon. And I know, Brenton, in the YouTube exclusive, you laughed at me and Sean and Breach for taking the Titans because you have seen this movie before, and I get that. I don't know if this feels different. It certainly looks different. This Patriots team looks lost, confused. And if the defense doesn't show up every week, and look, man, there's no shame in giving up uh, 300 yards once every six weeks or something. The timing's terrible, and if the timing happens again, they're done. How many wild card games do you think Bill Belichick has coached with Tom Brady? Probably four. I'd say less than four. Three. I did some research. It's three. I was right. Um, we can ask them. We can ask Sean and Ryan. They have played in the wild card round three times, and the three times it's happened. How many times do you think they've reached the Super Bowl? Zero times, one time, two times, or three times? I would go one. And I the think it's first the, year. Right? Yeah, when Drew Brees, Drew, uh, Drew uh, Bledsoe. Bledsoe got hurt. Yeah, I was I was going to say one with that year because they went to Pittsburgh and whooped up on Cordell Stewart. And I remember watching that game and not. Being I don't. Right. I, I don't remember watching that game, but I remember watching. I think you're talking about the Tuck Rule, and they did not play in the wild card that year. Not the the, the Tuck Rule. They played the game before with the Raiders, right? 
Brenton is correct. The answer is zero. They have never made it to the Super Bowl when they played a wild card round. What are the years? Uh, 2005, they played the Jaguars in the wild card round. Um, so it was a, they won that because they ended up losing to the Broncos when Champ Bailey returned at like 99 yards. I remember that. And then fumbled at the one. They come oh, yeah. as a minus eight favorite. In 2007, uh, 2006, the following year, Colts. the Jets. They didn't. Ah. No, you're right, Wilson. They beat the Jets uh, the wild card round, but lost no. the Colts in right. the AFC yeah. title game. Right, but they, yeah, yeah, that was the year the Colts beat the Bears. Because that 2006 team, I don't know if you have the stats in front of you, Brenton. The wide receivers on that team were actually better than the wide receivers on this team, and they yeah, there was, the number one was um, uh, Gaffney and Rashad Caldwell, right? That's right. Uh, yeah, that was the, that was. The, I don't know if you can learn something from that 2016 as it relates to the 2019 team, but the next year, in 2007, Randy Moss showed up, Wes Welker showed up, so I don't know if that's going to be in the plans, uh, assuming Tom Brady comes back, but uh, you would think they would have to revamp that wide receiver core. Anyway, they won 37-16 as a nine-point favorite in that game, and then the final one, of course, and this is your argument for, you may say you've seen this movie before, maybe you've seen this movie before, 2009 season, wild card, they lose 33-14 to the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, they did not cover. They got blasted. That was Ray Rice. Uh, remember, Wes Welker tore his ACL in Week 17 playing in a meaningless game against the Texans. And then Ray Rice on the first play rips off a run, and the Patriots offense just couldn't get going. So that would be the argument for your going against the Patriots is you could see first play from scrimmage, Derrick Henry rumbles like 80 yards, and then the Patriots are first forced to come back like – against the Titans, and that might not work. And Dean Pease is the defensive coordinator for Tennessee, right? He is. He spent a lot of time in New England, so he he knows uh, where the bodies are buried, as they say. You know what's nuts is that if you would have said back in week eight, the Patriots are 8-0, uh, we're talking about them you know, going for the top seed, and at that point in time, the Chiefs just lost Patrick Mahomes to this serious knee injury. And if you would have said at that point in time with the 8-0 Patriots and the Mahomesless Chiefs that the Chiefs are going to usurp them for the second seed, I don't think anyone would have believed you. I hope that everybody who listens to this podcast that uh, likes to gamble took my advice and bet on the Chiefs at 6.5 to 1 because that bet is now has serious value. It's, it's also Chiefs. great news for everyone who wants Chiefs-Ravens, which I feel like is sure. everyone. Like that – that would be incredible. The Patriots, what do you think the Patriots are to win the Super Bowl now? Eight to well, one. Well, I said uh, the Packers are 20 to 1, so I feel like this is like this is legit 20 to 1. No way. It can't be that much. Eight, uh, fit, 20 to 1? I'll say the Packers are 12 to 1. Yes. And they have a bye, and they're just as bad. I'll say 15. 14 to 1. Breach is correct. Ah. Oh. Breach is looking. The Eagles. I don't know what he's looking at. The Eagles are 40 to 1. Texans are 40 to 1. Seahawks are 31. This is why it's like super annoying to take Super Bowl bets before the season. Like if you took the, like, if you took the Eagles before the season to win the Super Bowl, they're probably, I think they're 16 to 1. And now it's like, now they made it to the playoffs. They won the division and they're 30 to 1 or 40 to 1. So they would have been cheaper if you just waited. Titans are 50 to 1. So are the Bills. 49ers, 3.5 to 1. Ravens, 2. Point two, plus 225. I would say the longest long shots, that the Titans are like the dark horse best value. No, you're still wasting your money if you bet 50 to 1 or if it's 1 to 1. I mean, put Titan, $10 and, on it, you win 500. They already beat the Chiefs once. No, like no. The, if you put $10 on it, you're losing $10. Good. 
kind of like it's, this sounds like this sounds like Wilson offering us like sixty to one on the Titans. <laughs> it sounds like a reverse Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, here. that those are the words out of his mouth when we were talking about it. Oh, good. Uh, you know what's funny though? Like uh, two weeks ago, when I thought that the uh, Titans may end up playing the Chiefs, and I was worried that the Titans would beat the Chiefs and then have to go to New England and roll over. Now I feel completely different about the Titans going to New England in the wild card round, simply because. The, as John pointed out, the defense looks not as great as usual for the for the Patriots. And also, we haven't really talked about this, but um, Tom Brady was on the injury report with a, with an elbow injury briefly. He seems to briefly be on, but it, I think his elbow actually is hurting him. And if he had gotten that week off, it would have been a huge boon for the uh, old man as a 42 year old. And now he has to turn around and play. His throws. Um, there were people tweeting in the press box that his throws didn't look to have the same zip as they usually do on Sunday against the. Dude, did you see his the first quarter? It was horrible. I didn't watch a lot of this game because I thought they were going to blow him out. Brady was missing everything. He threw a pick six. I mean, it oh, it's not a pick six. That was that was, was James level pick sixness. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, Brady, yeah, Brady did not look good. I mean, I think, look, the, I mean, the Patriots. I was, I, I thought the Patriots could put something together and win the Super Bowl again from the number two seed because you just have to win one game at home, go to Baltimore, find a way to beat them, and then, you know, you get two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl. Like, we've seen them do that a million times. I don't think they can win three straight games against Tennessee, Kansas City, and Baltimore. That's just asking That's asking too much of anybody, even the Patriots. And you know what? We can rag on Tom Brady and that offense all we want, but the bottom line is – the Patriots were beating the Dolphins 24 to 20 with under four minutes left. And all they had to do was stop Ryan Fitzpatrick from driving 75 yards for a touchdown. So that puts the loss on the defense. That's it. You stop them. It's game over. You get the bye. They couldn't do it. So like that's where I was. I watched that game. I lost all faith. The Patriots defense watching this game, knowing they couldn't come up in this situation against that offense. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I agree. Um, by the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out the incredible job that did y'all hear Kevin Harlan's call? <laughs> Ryan's not impressed by it. I love, Ryan, you mentioned like a you mentioned any sort of like announcer move, and Ryan's like, why do we bother? Why do we exist? What's the point? If you're gonna play a sound clip, he's gonna get really mad too. No, I'm waiting. I'm I'm sitting here quietly because I know you're trying to find the button to push. What a throw by Fitzpatrick! What a touchdown run by Williams on the last weekend of the regular season in the NFL. If the Chiefs win and New England loses, the Chiefs will be the two seed. They'll get the bye and they'll have a home game the next weekend. I'm getting confused. What game are you calling? I'm calling both games. (laughs) And for the record, I love Kevin Hartman. I listen to the Westwood Run 1 radio call every Monday night because he does such a great job with, with Kurt Warner. So I welcome that clip. This is on the Chiefs and Chargers broadcast, and he's like, "Is it really like I'm not trying to like you know, you know, uh, suck up to the CB, NFL and CBS people, but like this is an incredible job. They were panning the stadium and showing crowd reactions. They hadn't shown the score in there the entire time, and Harlan's watching the Dolphins Patriots game in the booth, and he's calling. He's like Fitzpatrick, to, you know, and then so like he's like he's sort of asked about it. He's like Cannon, Rich Cannon was like, maybe you're gonna get two paychecks. I think I'm breaking F- every FCC. I love Kevin Harlan. He's, he's so, so good. He is. He's, he's, he's the best. One of the best. We have many great announcers at CBS. Um, CBS is going to send you two chances. I don't know why I played it again. That was weird. Uh, anyway, 
So the Chiefs are the two seed. I feel really good about the Chiefs. I mean, look, the game against the Ravens, assuming they get, like, they have to beat the Patriots or the Titans, right? Didn't it guarantee that whoever is? No, no. if the Titans, the win, Titans they play win, the Ravens. They go to Baltimore. Okay, that's right. So if the Titans beat the Patriots, the Titans will go to Baltimore. If the Patriots beat the Titans, the Patriots will go to Kansas City. So if you're, if you're Kansas City, what you're rooting for is what? What do you want? Do you want? You don't care. I would prefer New England out of all these teams because oh. Houston already beat the Chiefs once. The Bills have a kind of defense that can shut you down. It's a one-game series. You know, this is not baseball. And the Titans, I would be afraid to play them. Like I think the Patriots. If I'm the Chiefs, that's the team I want to play next. I'm not. The, no divisional round. I, I think you're trying to get someone else to slay the dragon, and you're not worrying about Belichick. I, I understand what Breach is saying completely. Like, I'm not saying anything like rooted in this year logic. It's just I would just be terrified of the Patriots coming into the place where they beat you a year ago. Well, I just want to say that there are four teams in the wild card round. The Chiefs have played three of them. They're one and two against those three teams, and uh, New England's the one team they beat. So I'm going to say I want to play the Chiefs. Point, Breach, there are a lot of people in the history of football who beat Bill Belichick twice in one season. So you got that going. <laughs> Andy Reid is the one guy who can do it. Not only that, I mean, we talk about all the time teams facing each other more than once, and then usually that means you split one and one. So if they lost those teams twice, yeah. maybe any. I don't want. I don't want the Patriots again. I want them out. Someone else knock them out. I don't have to deal with or think about them again. Ty, hey Tennessee, go knock them out, and I'll face either Sean McDermott or Bill O'Brien in the, in the divisional round at my house with my team being. Well, Juan Thornhill believed to have a serious injury. That's a big blow. He's been playing awesome for that defense. Um, that secondary is really coming on strong. So we'll have more on that. And we'll know we're going to do a Saturday night recap pod too. We'll know what, uh, the AFC matchups are because both AFC games are on Saturday. It's very exciting. So Ravens one, Chiefs two, Patriots three, Texans four, Bills five, Titans six. Um, Titans, look, the Texans laid down. I mean, they, they gave it a, a nice little effort. AJ McCarron did some fun. Seven nothing. It was close. Yeah. Ish. It wasn't really close. The Titans got hot in the second half, and they deserve to win. They deserve to be the sixth seed, and I'm, I'm glad it worked out. How about uh, this is a really a day of walk-off. It was like crazy walk-off day because not only did we get um, like that, like the final play of the 2019 regular season was just like just an inch shy. You know, like it was like we, it was almost a walk-off touchdown from Russell Wilson, but it was it, was, it ended up being just shy. Um, we had Jameis Winston with a walk-off pick six, which we'll get to in a minute, and then Derrick Henry. Sort of at a walk off, like it gave the Titans a 35 to 14 lead, which is the final. Um, he won the rushing title on that, on a, on a, a 53 yard touchdown run, which is awesome. And, uh, I don't know, man, the Titans feel dangerous. Buffalo at Houston, 435 Eastern on ESPN slash ABC. Tennessee at New England, 815 Eastern. Um, you take anything away about Buffalo and Houston? I know we mentioned on the YouTube exclusive. I like, I like Buffalo a lot here. I think Buffalo beats Houston outright. I think they're a better team. I think their strengths match up against the Texans' weaknesses, and the Texans' weaknesses match up against the the Bills' strengths. So um, I, don't, I don't. I think Bill O'Brien did the smart thing by sitting his players in this game, obviously, because you couldn't have caught the you, know, you couldn't have caught the Chiefs anyway because they won. Um, but uh, I don't feel great about the Texans going into the playoffs. Worth noting that uh, I said this on the YouTube show that uh, Deshaun Watson the last three weeks has been playing actually really poorly, um, and that's dating back to he played really well against the Patriots uh, when we kind of talked ourselves into I think me and Brent were saying Watson could get hot and you know this team could maybe go to the Super Bowl. Since we said that, 
uh, completing 60% of his passes, three touchdowns, five interceptions, 6.6 yards per attempt, and a 70.1 passer rating. Uh, so he's been pretty dreadful the last three weeks. Not great, Bob. Uh, anything else from those games, guys? No. Titans, 60-1. You are breach to take the Titans, 50-1. to Ravens, 28. Steelers, 10. Give us a requiem for the Steelers. Uh, this game I watched every last snap um, to conclude, like breached. breached also, uh, th- by the way, if if you took any unders on in Week 17, you got royally effed. No, right? no. Oh, there's one, and I called it on the Friday 4:30 show with me, you, and Tommy T. 36 was the over under in the Bills Jets game. I said take the under. That went way under. You're right. Crushed it. You're right. Crushed Good it. Call. Um, but the other one, who won Jason that game? Steelers, the over-under was 37 and a half. <laughs> the Jets. Okay. The Steelers muffed a punt at the end that the Ravens recovered for a touchdown, and then the Ravens got a safety. To, the safety bumped it over the total. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, the safety. I mean, the safety was one of those things where Duck Hodges got hit in the, in the back of the head and threw the ball away as he's going to the turf. And the official couldn't be like, you know what, this game's over. We won't call a safety. He's like, nah, we're going to call a safety. Rub it in. Uh, Duck Hodges, by the end of that game, looked like someone who never wanted to play football again. He very, <laughs> he very well may not. Uh, I get the Steelers credit um, for, for gutting it out. That is not an eight-win football team in any stretch of the imagine, imagination. T.J. Watt is a legit defensive player of the year candidate. Um, he had a, a strong finish to the season. And I will just say this. Robert Griffin III played every snap of that game. That dude is a straight up goober. Like, I don't have, I don't have his stats in front of me, but he would like, uh, bootleg on third and one for a two yard gain and he would stand up and do the first down signal like he just won the Super Bowl. I saw that. Oh, I was like, dude, get, stop it. What are you doing? I mean, you're playing against a bunch of practice squad guys. I, I, I like that he had fun out there. I like it's his first start in three years. Yeah, like, I feel, I'm, I'm happy for that guy. You know what? The first five times, like, okay, I get it. It's funny. Late in the third quarter. What are you doing? It's He's pouring down rain. Who wants to be there? He played pretty well. No, he didn't. He did not play well at all. What is good defense in the rain? I thought he was eleven good. of twenty-one for ninety-six yards in Thank an you. interception. That's what it looked like. <laughs> Dude, that game was hard to play in. That's how I remember it. Gus Edwards played well. How many rushing yards did he have, Sean? He had like uh, they had over two hundred thirty on twenty-one carries. Yeah, oh, that's God. playing well. Make it a first down signal after Gus Edwards gets the first down. Doesn't mean you're playing well. By the way, the Steelers had ninety-one yards rushing. Um, that was more passing yards than they had in the game. They had 91 yards rushing, and that was they were more efficient running the ball four yards per carry than throwing the ball 3.8 oh, yards. Oh, I, my, I, so, my eyes would agree with you. I would also point out that the, for the first time since I believe 93, the Steelers did not score a uh, opening possession touchdown at any point this season. Um, offensively, they Byron were Fickner. what's that? Fire Fickner. Yeah, I mean, what? Come on, uh, you, you had Mason Rudolph and. Devlin, Devlin Hodges, both who had higher completion percentages this year than, than Baker Mayfield. Is but, Juju Smith-Schuster the most disappointing fantasy player of the year? He was hurt, and yes. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously there's circumstances, but 552 yards and three touchdowns. It's like a day of the Sunday at the office for Devontae Parker. I'll, uh, yeah, you're, I mean, you're not joking. Sammy Watkins had a better year than Juju. That's how bad it was. I'll leave you with this. I tweeted this out after the Steelers. Uh, mercifully, their season ended. A year after combining for 215 catches, 200 2,723 yards and 22 touchdowns. Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster totaled this year 46 catches for 608 yards and four TDs. Put another way, A, B plus Juju were worth about 100 Renfro. 
who had 49 <laughs> catches, 605 yards, and four touchdowns this season as a, as a rookie for the Raiders. you had 100-yard game. So here's a list of guys that had less than more receiving yards than Juju Smith-Schuster real quick. Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, Danny yep. Amendola, Golden Tate, Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, who had it in one game, D.D. Westbrook, Anthony Miller, Hunter Henry, Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perryman, James White, Curtis Samuel, Dallas Goddard, Zach Pascal, Renfro, Corey Davis, Greg Olson, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cook, Sterling Shepard, Alden Tate, Mike Gusecki, Noah Fant, and Kenny Stills. Oof. You hate Oof. to see it. He had 30 more receiving yards than Leonard Fournette. Yeah. No, I saw that when I was going through the list to make out that tweet. Look, man, it was a bad year. Also not helping, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that enough. I, but the, the, the upside is Deontay Johnson is awesome. He is Manny Sanders 2.0. He might be a little better in terms of dynamism, but um, a lot of fun. So we'll see what happens next year. Uh, Bionicle, Bionic Man can get his elbow fixed there. You snuck over 1,000 yards. Mike Williams. No one cares except you and Phil Rivers. Yeah, Philip doesn't care. Philip's done with LA. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that game, I guess. I got my bolo tie on, and I'm out. Hey, hey. I'm not slandering the Steelers. You don't need to slander Philip Rivers. I love that guy. There's a conniption. Oh, sorry. What are you doing? <laughs> I make that noise. Sorry. Are you going to play Philip Rivers talking about how he will go play elsewhere? I'm going to play Philip Rivers crying. <laughs> I expect the appropriate response from the mature athlete. I will respect your Sweet. privacy in this time. I can say I gave it a, everything I had. I mean, every week, you know. So, you know, and, and maybe it means an interception on fourth and 18 when you're down 10 because I don't care. Uh, <laughs> that it's going to say two interceptions. You know, I really don't. It's just like, I ain't quitting. So I think that, I think, I think that, that, um, doing it with so many guys over, you know, 14 years and, and going to the locker room, win or lose. And I can say, I it. we're short. We felt, we fell short, but, or we won, you know, uh, but shoot, I, I couldn't try it any harder. Laughing at that? What an a-hole. You guys are giggling. Ryan's giggling at another man getting upset. Sean had to mute himself. He's crying. Sean, like Philip Rivers, is also crying. He's crying and laughing. Here's the thing. If he didn't act like a complete maniac on the on the field, like kicking players and doing weird things to player, I would have – I have respect for Philip Rivers, but that stuff that he does is weird. Like the thing we play with Yannick and Gakway where he's – Screaming in his ear. I, I know it. <laughs> he was doing it. He was doing it. The Chris Jones on Sunday. The Chris Jones incident. What are you doing? Like I look. He is tough. There's no doubt about it. He tore his ACL. He continued to play in that playoff game against the uh, the Patriots, I believe. Yeah, I get all that. But that the the sort of the on field and maybe he's frustrated with all the interceptions he throw he's thrown this year. I don't know, but he's had a great career. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's he's emotional in the same way Eli Manning's emotional. It's like. You were drafted by this team, and you know you're not welcome, and now you got to figure out what's going to happen. It doesn't seem like the Chargers are going to bring Phillip Rivers back, right? No, because, I mean, he ain't going to play for a one-year $5 million deal or something. I'll I mean, say this. I'll, I'll take him in Chicago in a heartbeat. He's going to go somewhere else. He, he said, he made it clear he's not done playing. I would be really surprised. He could be in Pittsburgh. We don't know what's going on with Roethlisberger's elbow. I would take him and or Andy Dalton. I'm not even kidding. 
I said that mid-season. Uh, same, same here for same here for the Bears. I mean, be I careful a, what you wish for, guys. Be careful what you wish for. There's a lot of potential landing spots for Rivers out there. I mean, I, I, Pittsburgh, I don't know, is really is realistic, but it depends on what, ben, what about what about Las Vegas with, with the Raiders and John Gruden. I I said I think it'd be a great fit in Gruden system. Uh, I don't he think wants I, a, he wants a big arm guy. He could he could stay in San Diego and uh, commute to Vegas. I don't know if Gruden wants a big arm guy. I mean, Rivers has a pretty big arm. Not size-wise. The ability to throw the ball down the field without it being intercepted. Rivers is, is, is good at throwing the ball down the field. Rivers would be awesome in Gruden's system. Uh, I think Carolina, Indianapolis, um, Oakland slash Las Vegas. No, Chicago. Chicago's fine. They want to do that. I mean, I don't think he's going to go and like, compete with Trubisky. Like they'd have to be like you're the job. Well, I, mean, I mean, as he shouldn't, it would be very disrespectful to Philip Rivers. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Chicago would be a good fit. Like, he'd be good in Matt Nagy offense. Yeah. I want it to happen so you're forced to root for the Bears. Tampa Bay. I was going to joke about Tampa Bay too. No. Uh, oh my God, ESPN on SportsCenter has a Jameis Winston thirty for thirty logo. You hate That's, to see it. Did you see ESPN tweet, ES30 for 30 tweeted it out too? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, the Chargers lost to the Chiefs. Rivers will, will address his future at some point in our future. Instead, how do we get there from the, the, the Jets played the Bills 13 to 6. We're not talking about this game. We're just not going to talk about it. I had to ask who won a second ago, so. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I said in my playoff update thing, I was like, if you had to watch this game, I'm so sorry for you. Like, that you should not have had to do that. Um, so Jameis Winston. Jameis threw, we mentioned the walk-offs and the endings. Jameis threw his 30th pick, Sean, on the final play of his 2019 season. He became the first player in NFL history to throw 30 picks and 30 touchdowns, 30 and 30. Um, and it cost him the game in overtime. It was truly a walk-off pick six. It was and perfect Jameis moment of all time. And he broke the single-season single season record for the most pick sixes with his seventh. So he set that record on the final thing. And we awesome. knew going into this game that he needed two interceptions uh, to become the first 30-30 quarterback. He threw the first one in the first half, and so it seemed like a lock because it's Jameis Winston. Uh, and he didn't throw one in the second half, and it required the Falcons – uh, to convert a couple fourth downs, kick two field goals, send the game to overtime. Uh, another, uh, by the way, another game where if you had the under forty-eight, well, you're like, are you freaking kidding me? So they win the coin toss, and I tweeted before the first play, like ten seconds. I was like, I hope this game ends on a historic Jameis pick six. It actually happens. So the over hits. He sets the the pick six record. He sets the first. 30-30 quarterback in NFL history. Uh, he finishes the year with 5,109 yards, which, by the way, is more than Mahomes had last year. So it's the eighth most in NFL history. Wow. 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, which is the most since 1980. And the NFL record, seven pick sixes. Uh, and the overhits, which is funny because, look, I make fun of Jameis Winston a lot. I'm not his biggest fan. This year with my five weekly best bets, I started the year one in nine in weeks one and two in my entire year, I said, I just want to get above 500 by the end of the year. I was not above 500 all year until the Jameis Winston pick six, because I took the over for one of my best bets. And that is the only reason why I finished above 500. So thank you, Jameis Winston. Um, Ryan helpfully points out that in 2015, I said Jameis would throw 30 picks as a rookie. 
I tweeted that uh, last week. I quote retweeted your tweet from like 2015. Does um does this count as like a kind of a good old takes exposed type of thing? Like yeah, I actually quote retweeted it. Said this aged well. Yeah, my, was it my tweet or the? the it was your tweet. I found your tweet with Jameis thirty interceptions. The link is dead. <laughs> yes. Welcome is to it? CBS. If you, uh, it's because we changed our CMS at some point along the way. Um. Man, I should have tweeted that out. I should have retweeted that. It happened. Damn it. Here's the most absurd part of Jameis' stats is that if the Buccaneers' opponents were a receiver on the Buccaneers, they would have been the third, had the third most touchdown catches because you had Chris Godwin with nine, Mike Evans with eight, other teams' defenses with seven because there were seven pick sixes. And then they had a bunch of yards. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but then they would have been fourth in yards and third in touchdowns. That is uh, pretty absurd. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, Brinson, but it was Sammy Watkins stats plus all the interception stats given Sammy Watkins as Breach was describing it. So I think Sammy wins over Devontae. Did you, did you mean to mute yourself there, Breach? <laughs> no, he didn't care. That was the most obnoxious yawn I've heard on this Did podcast. you guys hear my yawn? Yeah. Thought I'm yes. Muted. Yeah, you were screaming into the microphone. We heard it loud and clear. You got to clip that. That was also the weirdest sounding yawn I think I've heard. All I'm right, to... uh, let's get to your Super Bowl. As mentioned, John, Do- uh, Freddie Kitchens was fired. We have a whole podcast devoted to that. Make sure you go check it out. Bengals 33, Browns 23. Are you happy that you fired Freddie Kitchens? I am just going to say, because I made everybody sit through a six-minute rant last week, I will not do that this week. I will say two things. The season couldn't have got any better because, one, the Bengals got the number one draft pick, and then they ended the year on a high note by getting Freddie Kitchens fired. Uh, if you're a Bengals fan, you are going to the offseason smiling, which hasn't happened in probably 35 years. So, Also, getting it. Freddie Kitchens fired is not a good thing. You want Freddie Kitchens hanging around. No, have you ever seen the Browns hire a coach? If our Baker Mayfield's on like his fourth coach when John, this guy gets you hired, just said, you just said Lincoln Riley's going to go to the playoffs and they're going to throw him a parade. What's it going to be? No, I said they should hire him. That doesn't mean they're going to. Instead, they're going to rehire Freddie Kitchens after Ryan, they blow Ryan through all these interviews. If, if Freddie Kitchens was worse than Hugh Jackson. Yeah, it's, I mean, the fact that I, John's hesitating still tells you all you need to know about Freddie Kitchens' tenure. Would I prefer that Freddie Kitchens or Hugh Jackson was the Browns coach? Yes, but that's not the case over, right now. So under, I'm over, counting on them. The, over under eight and a half wins for the uh, Bengals. Under. Who? <laughs> Bengals. Oh, I don't know about the Bengals. The Browns are under. I'm, I'm joking. The Bengals are under, too. Uh, you don't know. Joe Burrow, baby. Jonah Williams will be back. Do you, Anything else you want to add to this game, Breach? Uh, Joe Mixon, 162 yards, tore it up. That's all. Good. Two touchdowns, too, I think, right? Two touchdowns. Uh, was it Andy Dalton's last game as a Bengal? You know, here's the thing: is that at first, if you would asked me six months ago, I would have said, or not six months ago, two months ago, I would have said probably he's done. But the Bengals had that unique thing with Carson Palmer. They drafted a number one overall. They let Kitna play a year. They still have Dalton under contract for a year, so it's not crazy to think that they keep him as some sort of mentor for Joe Burrow, and then his contract expires next season. And you let him walk. That's such a slap in the face to Andy Dalton. But that's something the Bengals would do. And you have Dalton go into the season like as the starter, but if Burrow beats him out in training camp, 
then you give the job to Burrow. But if Burrow is taking a little bit of time to learn the offense or isn't coming along as quickly as they'd like, you have Dalton to start the first few games, then you throw Burrow in there later in the season. That worked out well this year with Ryan Finley. I don't think that was the plan with Ryan Finley ever. <laughs> well, yeah, they probably didn't plan on Andy Dalton going 0-8 to start the season. Ryan Finley certainly didn't. He didn't look like he was prepared to go in there. I do like Breach talking himself back into, like, one more Andy Dalton run. He's like that guy, like, you go, like, one more job, one last bank, guys, and Breach would definitely get pulled back in. No, no, he's like the guy that goes, all right, she's not that bad. I'm going to go out with her one more time. It's like, this guy won't stop dating this ghoul. Uh, right, final games, Jags, Colts. Did they say uh, Marone's job? No, Did Jacoby Brissett save his job? I think he's getting fired. Um, said has not played well. Greg, I think our friend Greg Doyle. I think he destroyed him in the Indy Star. I didn't read the whole thing yet. I think uh, I think it's his knee. I think it's his knee too. But they wouldn't be surprised if they. Yeah, I think Philip Rivers could be interesting there. I think maybe I can't who somebody I heard mention that maybe it was Chris Wessling at NFL Media. Um, Raiders Broncos. I kind of like Drew Locke. Yeah, I like Drew Locke. I liked him last year, as you may recall. But I don't know if I'm ready to say that John Elway hit a home run. Um, I don't want this to sound like I'm trying to, you know, justify my preseason Broncos hype, but I, I do think that like their young offensive talent is very interesting. No Drew one disagrees. No one Cortland's Cortland Sutton is a stud. Yep. Um, Bill Lindsay. Bill Lindsay, Royce Freeman, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Hamilton. I, they got they got some pieces there. Yep, they're going to draft a wide receiver. Have another piece. Oh, but man, they add C.D. Lamb to that? Woo! I was going to say, you finally know a couple guys' names. Imagine C.D. Lamb playing on that team. Jerry Judy or maybe Jerry. a little T. Higgins. You get one of those at 15 for the Broncos. Um, Rams-Cardinals. Yeah. I saw Kyler Murray throw an interception to Taylor Rapp, and that was it. I don't know that Kyler should have played, been out there playing. He was fine, but he was clearly bothered. I'm not sure what Sean McVay, why he played Jared Goff and all those guys. I thought he would sit him. He didn't. Um, Rams won by seven. So those things happened. Uh, we will talk about these. Uh, who, who gets off into rookie of the year? Kyler or Josh Jacobs? Or AJ, AJ Brown. Garrett Bradbury, anybody? And who's your pick? AJ Brown's a good pick. Who's your pick before the season? Oh, it wasn't. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. John, who did I pick? Uh, I think you took Kyler Murray. Oh, uh, okay. I would take A.J. Brown over Kyler Murray right now. I would give it to A.J. Brown. He won't win it, though. I think Kyler's going to get it. I'm fine with either one of those two winning. Yeah, that's fine. Or jo- Josh Jacobs. I think Brown gets rewarded because he was like on the playoff team and played a huge role in the playoff push. Kyler gets the bump over, in my opinion, Josh Jacobs. I know Breach and I think Wilson maybe disagree because just because quarterback is that much more important than the degree of dif- difficulty is higher. And then I'd have Josh Jacobs third. I'm fine with that. Um, Ryan, you did take Kyler Murray. Sean also took Kyler Murray, and I took Miles Sanders. Clowns, shirt, and lemmings. Who'd you take, Brinson? <laughs> oh, all right. He's a rookie. I forgot. I love that that's the one thing you keep bringing up over there. I actually totally forgot too. I forgot. I was thinking, um, no one in the right mind would have taken Garrett Bradbury for offensive rookie of the year. And Miles Sanders does lead all NFL rookies in all-purpose yards. I Finish. mean, that's that's huh? part of the reason why I'm anti-Josh Jacobs winning. Like, I don't even know if he was the best run, rookie running back this year. Okay, no one's mad at you. 
Last week you guys were mad at me. All right. We done? We done here? Got one fun fact. Okay. That's quick. Uh, if this is the end of the Jameis Winston era, his first ever pass in the Bucks uniform was a 26-yard pick six. His last – What? I saw. I saw Barnwell tweet it. Oh, I wrote it in my story. Uh, and his uh, last ever pass was a 27-yard pick six, so he's steadily improving. You get better. Oh, I've got a fun fact then. Oh, to get the bye, the Packers had to beat the Lions – the Green Bay Packers went 2-0 and against the Lions this year, even though they led for zero seconds in those two games. Whoa. That is a fun fact. <laughs> you, know, you know who could do that? Only one man on, on the planet could do that. Matt Patricia. Well done. <laughs> they led for zero seconds and they went 2-0 and against the Lions? Do you think Matt Patricia used that? Yes. Like those count as wins because they were not technically leading ever. And I'm going to use that as part of my part of my reason to keep the job. His negotiation for next year. In fact, my dog is snoring so loud I can barely hear you guys. Well, then I think that's time to wrap it up. Yeah, I've got some pumpkin pie calling my name. Oh, nothing like 2 a.m. dessert, huh, Breach? I'm in Central Time. So 1 a.m. dessert. Yes. Dessert. <laughs> Much better. better. All right. Uh, for John Breach, Ryan Wilson, Sean White and Ruff, and Debo, we are out of here. We're back with uh, more potentially more emergency pods if you guys fired. Of course, a coaching roundup pod. Subscribe, rate, review. Talk to you guys later. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer. Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.